0: Kilda, welcome to the Catch podcast where we discuss issues that affect missional communities and church plants. I'm Scotty Reeve, I'm the head of the Catch Network um, and I spend my life helping missional communities and churches to renew themselves.
1: Kilda, I'm Jazz, I live in community here in Wellington and I'm also a law student. Uh, Scotty, why are we here?
0: Yeah, why are we here? Well, we are really lucky here in Wellington and Te Whanganui Atara to be surrounded by people with an enormous amount of wisdom and experience creating communities like the ones we're talking about. And uh, late last year, I started thinking about all the concepts we take for granted here. And every time I thought of one, I wrote it down on a notepad. And by the end of the year, I had 70 concepts written down. And so our desire really is to grab some of the great things we take for granted that we talk about all the time and to share those with a wider audience. And I've invited you, Jazz, to join me. Why are you here?
1: Well, Scotty, you're a 37-year-old man and I'm a 20-year-old woman. So I guess I'm here to offer the perspective of my generation, but also to ask some questions that maybe our listeners would be wondering.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the reality is that uh, sometimes I get talking and you'll hear I go for a while and sometimes I miss things or I say things which... um, you may not agree with, and so jazz is going to be the voice of reason here in the room for my rants. is that right?
1: Hopefully we'll, yeah. we'll see
0: Awesome. cool. All right, let's get into it i was was thinking the other day about a friend of mine who came to live in one of our communities a few years ago, and um she has had one of the most horrific lives of anyone I know, like she grew up mm-hmm. um, with just enormous enormous trauma um, and I can remember her talking about like even like the quality of the housing she lived in you know that there were always like mushrooms growing around the corner of her mattress and was just bumped from place to place to place her whole life um, really unstable family situation and and with that kind of over the years unraveled her mental health um, to a point where she ended up coming in and out of all these different services and ending mm. up in this this rehabilitation centre. But um one of the things she um used to say to me is that um the mental health system basically told her it's too hard to live with you. You're always going to have to live alone. Wow. Um and um and so for that reason we'll give you the tools you need to be able to live alone because basically you're you're too tricky, <laughs> they want to say these words, but but you won't be able to live with people. And so obviously like for someone who was Um, had massive belonging and rejection wounds desperate for connection being told this is kind of your life now Um, Mm. this was huge but um as the uh naive suckers we are in wellington we ended up inviting her to come and live in our community and that brought with it a whole lot of of trickiness Mm. um it brought out some of the worst of her it also brought out a lot of the worst of me (laughs) um and um and but um but over the years, basically, um, through the deep commitment of a crew of people to be her mates, um, there was a, a work of healing that happens under her mm-hmm. where she was like, no, I can live with people. Like, mm-hmm. I can have a life. Like, I remember turning up to her 30th birthday, um, and she used to often say in bad moments, she's like, nobody likes me. I have no friends. And I remember saying to her on her 30th birthday, I'm like, Friend, there are like seventy people here to mm. celebrate you, you know, and that wouldn't have been possible five years earlier. And the reason I tell the story is because I think one of the big kind of um the big values at the moment, if you live in central Wellington or somewhere like it, maybe like in Melbourne or New York, is everything is about inclusivity and inclusion. Mm. Um, and that's good. I think Jesus includes people who others exclude. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, And that is what happened for my friend. Like she was radically included. But I think maybe one of the things we don't ask when we talk about inclusion is inclusion to what? Mm. Inclusion in what? Um, And a controversial thought here is that I think that real inclusion happens when people make radically exclusive commitments to each other. Mm. Real inclusion happens when people make radically exclusive exclusive commitments to each other. What do I mean by that? I mean that at the start of our community year, um, what our friend came to live in is she came to live in a place where we would pray together every day together, where we would commit to resolving conflict well together, where we would um, have dinner around the dinner table together. We effectively became family and that created a safe space in which she could heal and grow. Now, my fear at the moment with some of our dialogue around inclusivity is that what we're really saying is Everyone should be included in the ideology of Western individualism. Mm. But then it's like, well, then what do they actually belong to? And what safety is there in a group of people who are all out for themselves before anyone else to actually heal and to grow? Mm. So it's my conviction More and more That actually If we want True inclusion We want people To truly be safe To truly heal Then we actually need To create families That they can belong to And families have kawa Families have customs Families have tikanga They have a dinner table They sit around And there are things That are okay At that dinner table And there are things That aren't Mm. Um, So I think this is something We need to add To our conversation Of inclusion To truly create safe And meaningful places For those on the margins And those who desperately Need to heal like my friend, small groups of us need to make radically exclusive commitments that create enough safety for healing to occur. Now, Jazz, I'm wondering because you're quite a bit younger than me, and you um, swim in the white waters of Wellington. Yeah, I, I'm interested if you see that playing out. Um, this, uh, I guess, the the rhetoric of inclusivity is, I imagine, is huge in your space. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's so interesting, Scotty, because when we have discussions as a class everything is so theoretical it's almost like yeah i mean people aren't really talked about as actually having real lives and being real people that we walk amongst and yeah as christians it's always the challenge of not getting just swept up in kind of political correctness or just those conversations Mm -hmm. when you say being exclusive you you talk about um certain rhythms Are you just talking about people kind of living in your homes, or can this play out just having someone as part of a church community? What are different ways that it can look like, um, including people, but not just in this kind of Western woke sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great question, because not everybody is going to live in houses together. Mm. Um, But um, probably part of, I think, where our church has struggled to be safe and meaningful places is that... Some of the, the folks who are most passionate about this inclusion also only have turned up maybe to their service every three to four weeks. Mm. Um, and actually for something to truly be inclusive and safe, um, we actually need to know who's in the room, don't mm. we? Um, and, uh, and so what we can say when we say, oh, we're inclusive, sometimes what we're saying is everybody is welcome at our meeting. Mm. Um, but people don't realise that to be truly inclusive, we all have to commit to making yep. it that space and that requires us to be there mm. it requires us to put aside other things in our lives you know i mean to go back to last week's conversation to create truly safe spaces we need to lay down some autonomy yep. to create a space that has true belonging so people can really heal and grow in it it's for the same reason that if we were to talk about a 12-step program or an aa meeting not anyone can just drop in and out of that space whenever they want to, because this mm. is a space of deep belonging and healing where people have agreed to a co right? Um, yeah. And it's interesting, eh, how there are um, spaces like that which we would never critique their practice for being an exclusive space because we understand what it's for. But mm. we will also talk about the church should be a hospital for the sick, and yes. if it's going to be a hospital for the sick, well, then it needs practices that any hospital has. You know, <laughs> it needs ways of rolling together that ensure the safety. Of, of people in it. Mm. So I think for me, it's uh, how do we hold these um, difficult tensions, which might feel uncomfortable for us, of inclusivity, mm. while also having some, like, deep belief and some exclusivity that we say it's Jesus and not anyone else, you mm-hmm. know, that Jesus is Lord. That's an exclusive statement. And how do we hold these tensions of going um, – not Jesus not being captive to our ideology, so Jesus not being left or right or inclusive or exclusive, but how do we sit in this middle space of relationship with God and listening to what he might be saying? This has been the Catch Podcast. You can find out more at www.catchnetwork.org.nz. See you next week.